one. Welcome to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with Lou Weiss. Lou's company, All Metals and Forge Group, is the sponsor of Manufacturing Talk Radio. So if you're looking for custom open die forgings and seamless roll rings, go to steelforge.com and check out his company. He's here today to chat with us and Colin Tui, who is CEO and Marketing Director of Pavilion. This is very cool stuff today. I read about this a couple of years ago. Very, got very excited about it. Colin, I'm thrilled to have you on the show because we're going to talk about solar-powered fabrics. Neat, neat stuff. Correct. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, and thank you all for having us. That's great. So, uh, Colin, uh, what do you do? Tell us about solar-powered clothes. So yeah, clothes is one thing. Uh, You know, what we do is we integrate solar cells with flexible materials like fabrics and build products that generate electricity. And that ranges for us from bags and backpacks and clothing all the way up to stadium roofs and building facades and then everything in between. So think of a camping tent, an event tent, a military tent, an awning, umbrella, canopy, trellis, carport, you know, really anything that's a material made of fabric that's getting hit by the sun is an opportunity to generate electricity. And that's what we see as our greatest opportunity is to solarize fabrics. So what is, so I'm wearing a a vest and it's solar powered. What is it working? What is it, uh, it operates, it it creates electricity, but what do I do with the electricity? Well, it's going to depend on the application, but I'll bet you that in that vest, you have your cell phone in the pocket, right? I've been down so, to. So when your cell phone's dying and you put it in your pocket and it's charging all day because you're being powered by the sun when you go for a bike ride, when you go on your commute, when you walk outside, uh, you know, we're living in this interconnected world where power is needed in a lot more locations, right? So we have this increased demand for power in mobile locations but not really the supply of power in mobile locations. So you go to a Starbucks and everyone's crowded around one table trying to plug in their cell phones like, you know, like it's the Matrix. Or you go to an airport terminal and everyone's sitting on one seat because that's where the (laughs) plugs are. Um, And what we're looking at is, you know, what we would think of as kind of micro distributed generation of power. So how do we power uh, devices in remote locations uh, in on various surfaces, most of which are made of fabric. Well, that's, uh, I, I see you've got a the uh, background to your studio there. It looks like the manufacturing floor. Uh, what are they doing there? Well, you know, what we do is we build composites, right? So it's a layup of uh, fabrics, electronics, solar cells, uh, different films, different adhesives, and we, uh, we laminate those materials, and then we piece them all together and turn them into finished products. So what we're seeing there is, is sort of one factory floor of a particular product that will then be folded up or rolled and shipped to site and installed uh, in one or several pieces. So our, our manufacturing process is a very uh, piecemeal process after a roll to roll process. And then there's a lot of layout. There's a lot of work kind of uh, sometimes hands and knees on the floor, but actually what we're doing is we're uh, building more and more robots to uh, automatically manufacture our products, even in bespoke and custom applications. 
you mentioned a few moments ago uh, about tents. Uh, so the fabric has these sensors and it stores electricity. Uh, I presume it's for heat purposes or lighting in the tent. Yeah, you know, so let's just think of a, a military application where you are going to be in forward operations. You're going to need shelter, shade, power, climate conditioning. Um, and all of those things can be integrated into one product, and that's the product we provide. So that power is used for air conditioning, it's used for heating, it's used for lighting, it's used for communications equipment, uh, you name it. If you need to plug it in, you can, you can use the tent. Um, and then you can, you, know, you can sleep in it and you can operate your uh, mission command there. So there's a lot you can do with it. And we often grade our products sort of as low power, medium power, high power. And low power might be some cell phones and laptops. Medium power might be you know, some communications equipment, cell phones, laptops, lights. And then high power is, hey, look, we'll get our air conditioning going. We'll get our satellite communications, our radar going. Um, and it's a fully integrated kit. So we step up as far as the amount of power that we put into a system. Is there something sort of a anti-camping if you're going to be sitting in a tent with an air conditioner <laughs> works for me <laughs> yeah well if you've if you've heard of the phrase glamping uh you know it's, a, it's a it's an industry that is exploding right now and when people are going camping maybe when they were you know 19 they were going camping out entirely in the wilderness and now they're a little older and they have a family and you know, their, their camping consists of being in a beautiful tent with a queen size bed and air conditioning. And then they step outside and they're in nature, you know, so there, there is that, you know, there is that transition that's happening. And then on, on pure camping or pure uh, remote locations, you know, you look at expeditionary applications, you know, there's satellite communications, there's lighting, there's GPS, there are electronics that might be necessary in an expeditionary application. My but I, I do daddy. agree with you. There's a certain there's a certain uh, element that's lost in when you're looking for power in, in a situation like this. But but in you know I think nine times out of ten they're they're reasonable uh, responses. My wife's idea of camping is at the Marriott. Hotel. Well, you know the Marriott the Marriott is building out you know glamping sites that have thirty cabanas and they're beautiful and there's maid service and but yep. when you open the door you're in the mountains and you don't open it to some crummy hallway with 50 other rooms you know and so there is that dynamic that's that's certainly changing these days i certainly have gone glamping because the campsites we went to had running water and power yeah. and so i took what we all remember as the refrigerator that went into your dorm room uh, to the campsite, plugged it in, didn't have a cooler, didn't need one. So, you know, all the beer and soda was cold. I could keep the bacon in it. I could, uh, you could run the ice maker. <laughs> so that's, that's how we camped. And by the way, it was a 12 by 20 foot tent. Yep. Uh, and it had three queen size beds in it. So it was really very comfortable for the family. It was a lot of fun. It would have been fascinating, however, to have this fabric you're talking about, Colin, how much power can your high-powered tent produce? You know, we look at somewhere, let's just say 10 watts per square foot. So if you're looking at 12 by 20, 
you know, 240 square feet times 10, 2,400 watts, you know, that's a good amount of power. That's astonishing. Over yeah. what period of time? That's going to be instantaneous. So anytime the sun is shining, you're getting 2,400 watts. So what we would do is we would, you know, let's just say the sun shines six hours that day we would store that power in the battery so you can actually use it all night as well until sun sunrise the next morning. Oh, that's pretty neat. That's yeah. pretty neat. Very neat. Uh, for, for the sake of our audience, why don't you give us your uh, uh, internet address so that they can see what we're talking about. Yep. Yeah. Thanks a lot. It's uh, it's, Pavilion is the name of the company and that's P-V-I-L-I-O-N. So we build pavilions, uh, but we spell it with a PV like photovoltaic for solar. So it's pavilion without the A and our website is pavilion.com and that's P-V-I-L-I-O-N.com. Well, I so many applications for this and I'm sure you do too. Uh, one of the applications that might be possible with what you're doing is to trickle charge cars because you've got some mostly transparent layer of fabric under the finished coat of the paint. Is that in your wheelhouse or on your radar screen? I would say it's, it's in our wheelhouse. I would say our interest in that business is more on the car charging canopy or awning side. So you pull into your driveway and you might have solar panels on the roof of your house, but you could also pull into a nice, beautiful carport that's sitting in the driveway and that's solar powered. So actually what you're looking at in the background is a solar powered carport uh, that we installed at uh, one, of, one of a couple that we installed at Google's headquarters in Mountain View, California. Oh, and so that's, exa that, that's exactly for electric vehicle charging. Now one tangentially related to that, one uh, interesting, interesting business is similar structures, but more for smaller devices. So the growth of e-bikes, electric scooters, uh, golf cart charging, you know, so you, you go to a golf course or a country club and there's 50 golf carts all plugged in outside. Well, do those all need to be right up against the clubhouse or can they be, you know, behind the ninth tee and, and uh, they're, they're hidden there and they're in, a, in their own canopy with a self-sufficient solar structure that doesn't require infrastructure and can be moved a month later to another location. So, you know, we're, we're working through a lot of interesting charging applications in this sort of turnkey, you know, we, we call it our heavy duty solar canopy, which is an industrial charging uh, product. We're working with Home Depot to uh, roll out some of these canopies outside their equipment rental facilities where you want to rent a scissor lift. Well, the scissor lift is actually being charged under a solar canopy. And when you go rent it, you just unplug it from the solar and take it. <laughs> That's very can neat. You, can you do, you know, can we bring back the old uh, um, uh, luxury cars with the leather uh, tops uh, and you, or fabric top and generate electricity to run your air conditioner so you're not running uh, more gas to run your air conditioner in your car? Yeah, I would say in general, the surface area on the roof of a car is very limited. So the amount of solar that you get for that is not going to charge the, an electric car to drive. But what it can do, you know, if you look at, I think, some of the Toyota Priuses, the vent that prevents the overheating in the car, you know, the sunroof pops open and you have a solar powered fan 
that's making sure that the air inside your car doesn't get to 120 degrees. You know, so there are certain things. It's really important to understand that the supply of electricity should meet the demand, right? So if, you're, if your demand is, I want to power a 100-story office building, and your supply is, oh, we have this 10-foot by 10-foot awning that we're going to put outside the front, that doesn't add up. Um, so we really, as part of our business, is to work with companies. And as the, as the CEO, my role is to understand or to help our partners understand what you can do with the power. So to just provide two wires and say, do whatever you want, that's not really good business practice. You know, we need to make sure that what they're charging is aligned with what we're able to produce in the same, uh, in the same product. Colin, if we did the math on a office building and all of those very large windows they have and you put in your fabric curtains, I suspect there might be enough surface area there to provide a fair amount of power into that building and maybe even sell some back to the grid. I'm sure you've probably done the math on it. Is that realistic? Yeah, and we've worked on a few projects like that. That is realistic. We have some partners in the shade industry that we work with. Um, you know, there's a couple approaches. One is you actually power the grid and you generate as much power as you can from the whole vertical surface area of the building. The other is, well, when you install architecture, Roller shades, for instance, you know, one one floor of those shades, it could be twenty, fifty thousand dollars in electrical wiring just to get all that stuff connected and together. Well, what if you didn't have to have wiring and actually you just drill it in like you'd put in your rec regular uh, curtains at your home with four screws, but then the whole thing is already Wi-Fi connected. It's got a battery built in. It's got a solar panel built in. So what we're trying to do, as I said, with the distributed energy generation is to in many ways pull off the grid. So half of our projects are feeding into the grid and half of our projects are saying, you know what, we think there's a better way so that you don't have, you can produce electricity and consume electricity in the same exact product. This is, this is terrific because for years, the uh, panacea for burning coal to power generators to produce electricity has always been the sun but we weren't advanced enough to capture and utilize that. Sounds like you guys are on the leading edge of this. Very neat. You know, a big part of what we've had to do is to find the markets. And I think, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of a pitch here is that we work with manufacturers of fabric products. So we don't necessarily do everything from beginning to end always. So let's just say you were making, uh, a, a fabric cap for a reservoir or an oil dome or a geodesic dome or an inflatable sports dome and you're a fabric manufacturing company we can be that partner work with you and your manufacturing supply chain and be the ones who integrate the solar into your products so now you're providing value to your customers where maybe one out of every five or one out of every ten of your awnings canopies fabric structures has solar in it and so from a manufacturing standpoint, uh, we are really interested in working with manufacturers who already are manufacturing fabric products. They just would like to integrate an energy generation component into their product line. Just how long are you doing this, Colin? Uh, uh, As Pavilion, about 10 years, but my partners and co-founders, uh, Robert Lerner and Todd Dalland, come from the fabric structures 
and tent manufacturing business for about 35 years. So this is our DNA. This is where we come from. I'm an electrical engineer. They're engineers and architects. And we sort of, it was a meeting of the minds to put this all together and turn it into a new business model. So uh, losing a little of your audio. So our engineer is probably going to cut this next segment out. Uh, but let's touch your audio while we're still recording here. Okay. It got worse. Uh, take try the headphones out. Let's see. Can you hear me now? Oh yeah. Yeah. Much better. Yeah, Much yeah. So better. That's, on, that's on speaker, so hopefully nothing happens in the background. But I think we're okay. 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 Great. So to so let's, yeah, let's continue with this. Great, great. So, Colin, you're working with fabric, and I read some years ago, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the integration of power in fabrics for lots of interesting things. For instance, cooling or warming the human body, depending on what environment you're in. Are you also looking at those opportunities? We are absolutely. It's a it. I would say that's a big technical challenge given the amount of power required to generate, you know, human body heat or cooling. Um, you know, we're we're working on it. I'd say it's a you know we're working with some industry partners on the consumer space. You know, jacket manufacturers. We we haven't you know we we've been able to do it, but it's just not it's not there yet. You know, it's not. We haven't made a hundred thousand of them yet. And I think it's, it's in the works. It's a, it's a tough battle. Um, and a big part of that has to do with the manufacturing supply chain. And so we're able to work with manufacturers of consumer products who are interested in turning their product lines into solar product lines, you know? So that's often the, that's for, for a, a, a manufacturer of, let's just say jackets or backpacks or clothing, they're scratching their heads saying, how do I even integrate this into my supply chain? There's electronics in fabric. This is confusing. And so what we do is we make their jobs a little bit easier. I would okay. think, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, uh, which I probably am, wouldn't it be easier to heat uh, fabric than to cool fabric? The short answer is yes, however, in a situation where you don't have a lot of heat, so let's just say it's snowing and it's really cold, you also don't have a lot of sun. So uh, cooling loads add up with solar generation, right? It's about this supply and demand. So on a hot day, the air conditioning is requ required increases in a tent, but the amount of sun that there is also is increased, which means you can generate more power. So Heating from a technical perspective is actually easier, but from a supply and demand perspective is, is a little bit harder. So that's an optimization problem. So Colin, we're kind of uh, throwing ideas out here that have popped into our head, but you've been at this a while. What are some of the cool things that you have done uh, either on the R&D side or with customers that we might be either familiar or unfamiliar with? Yeah, well, one, you know, one thing that we're really promoting right now is is our mobile solar tent business. So, you know, 
storm response, emergency response, where you need power, shade, shelter immediately. And we provide full kits that can pop up in a matter of minutes that are providing anything you need for an emergency situation. Now, that's for the emergency, right? Local, uh, local and state government, first responders, um, you know, uh, FEMA, Red Cross, those types of applications. But if you take that same product and you bring it to the event space, well, now you have music festivals, weddings, Super Bowl, sports, sporting events, soccer games, you know, and you're looking at, uh, you know, when you go to check in at an event and you get your wristband, they have power there, right? They have a computer, they have an iPad, they have music playing, they have uh, computers plugged in, they have lights plugged in. Well, why wouldn't the tent at that check-in desk where you're going in uh, past security, why wouldn't that be a solar powered tent? You know, so that's a real big part of our business that we're trying to promote more of, which is this mobile application where you can set it up in a matter of minutes, have instant power, instant shade, instant shelter. It's interesting that you mentioned that because years ago I worked with a client who was in the business of providing power generators for uh, events like that. And very few people realize that the cable they walk over as they start to go into the facility is coming a hundred yards from a great big generator the size of a semi-truck trailer. And there might be four of them to power that entire event. Takes a lot of power when you're out there. Absolutely. And one of the things about those generators is they're often operating at maximal load, meaning, you know, they're not really hybrid. And what we're trying to do to the system is to say, look, we're not eliminating the generator entirely because if it's pouring rain and there's no solar and the batteries are totally dead, then you need a generator for at the very least. But perhaps instead of four tractor trailer generators, you could have one and then the rest of the system at this music festival or event is all powered by solar and batteries. So we're really looking at a hybridized approach and, and that leads to a significant reduction in fuel consumption. And that's one, of the, that's one of the elements of our work with the Department of Defense. We're working with the Air Force and the US Air Force's Rapid Sustainment Office specifically for the reduction of fuel consumption and the improvement of sustainment in the Air Force, uh, because that's a huge element in a way to make your, you know, the next generation battlefield and emergency response much leaner. Well, you guys are really getting yourself connected with the big boys. <clears throat> I, I have to ask Colin and, and Luke is probably not going to be surprised by this. Are you looking at graphene at all as a purpose? Um, I would say yes, but that's very early stage R&D. So very exciting opportunity. Kind of love to talk about the opportunities there and promote those opportunities. But I'd say to commercialization of integration into our products, it's just, we're just not there yet. Well, I would agree, talking, yeah. Tim's been talking about graphene 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since somebody scratched a pencil and found the tape in the trash can and said, oh, it's on the tape, it's not on the paper. <laughs> it's, been, it's been an amazing development. So yeah, I really love what you're doing in this arena. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So uh, as we kind of wrap this up, can you share another uh, product story with us? Those are kind of fun to hear about. You got some 
very exciting things going on. Yeah, well, one, uh, let's see, one interesting project we're working on is uh, to integrate solar powered fabric canopies in community gardens in New York City, uh, both for power and shelter and shade in the garden during normal times, but also for emergencies. So, you know, Hurricane Sandy, if you remember, which was, which was very large in the New York area, uh, there weren't really community gathering spaces for people to charge their cell phones, get bottled water, gather and find their loved ones, uh, check in on a daily basis. And so we've, we're working with some organizations, Nos Kadamos and New York State's uh, DRI program, um, which is a downtown revitalization initiative and looking at community gardens as a great gathering space in the case of an emergency. And a really exciting thing we're doing is we're sort of building these emergency kits that are you know, 99 times out of 100, a beautiful piece of architecture that people can look at and people can sit under and people can charge their cell phones. But then one time out of 100, or maybe one time out of 1,000, it's a place where 100 people can gather and charge their cell phones in the case of emergency, provide Wi-Fi, emergency communications, get bottled water and food, you know? And so I think it's really important to realize that there is a hybrid and an intersection between beautiful architecture and great product design and emergency response and mobile response. And, and that's really exciting for us is to bring those two things together in a single product. Before we uh, wrap this up uh, for the people who joined late, I'd like you to give the uh, URL address again to make sure everyone gets it. Thank you, yes, it's uh, our company is Pavilion, uh, like, like uh, the word Pavilion, but PV. So it's P-V-I-L-I-O-N. And our website is www.pvilion.com. Excellent. Excellent. Colin, this is so exciting. I want to offer two things to you before we wrap up here. Number one is we put out a monthly magazine called Manufacturing Outlook. Clearly, you're on the cutting edge of some very exciting stuff. I would invite you if someone is a writer in your organization to submit an article to us, we'd love to run it. And if something new comes along, uh, a new project that you're involved in, we would love to hear about it. We'd love to do another show on it. So let us know what you're up to. Keep us up to date. Absolutely. Thank you. And, and I'm really appreciative of your initiatives. You're really making a dent in this uh, kind of sharing the, sharing the news of really cool new in innovative technologies and manufacturing processes. So, you know, thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you much. And uh, uh, Tim, that uh, will be a, a wrap up. So thank you, uh, Colin, and uh, we'll, we'll be talking with you in the future. Yeah, thank you and, and have a great weekend. You as well. Thank you. And so folks, we'd like you to go to PV ilion.com, pavilion.com. Check out what the company is doing. As I said on a show very recently, if you want to be involved in something cool, it's in manufacturing, folks. Surprise. It's not dark, dirty, and dangerous anymore. Fabulous stuff. And while you're surfing the web, please go to Jacket Media Co., CO, jacketmediaco.com, where you can find links to this show and our other podcast. And as always, thank you for listening. 
to Manufacturing Talk Radio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.